When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 68 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here again with you this week. And this week I am delighted to be joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Great. Can't believe it's number 68. And Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you? Great, Ronan. This week we will look back on the Ballot Town game last Thursday evening. We will also hear your shouts from the shed end. As well as that, we will give away a case of Dwight Hag beer following the Ballot game. And we will look ahead to the Bala second leg and next Sunday's game back in league action against UCD. So, Jerry, I suppose, first of all, we'll look back on the Bala away game. Um, 2-1 victory after going 1-0 down. It was the main talking point people have, I suppose, is the atmosphere in the crowd, but it was very important to get a, a good, a get a win, I suppose, from the first leg. Yeah, Um Look, any win away in Europe is a good win, no matter who you're playing. Uh, and particularly to go, um, when you go a goal down pretty early in the game. And I I have, have to admit, I was kind of like, oh, shit, here we go again. Um, but having said that, though, too, straight away, I think we played our way back into the game. And I think it was Jerry Mono was sitting behind me. He says, look, we guarantee you we win this game. And we did. We got better and better as the game went on. We settled and we got a stronghold in the game. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a well-deserved 2-1 win. Having said that, we were kind of holding on towards the end uh, when Nando got sent off and it was probably some undue pressure that we could have done without. But, look, it was a professional performance. Um, and delighted, uh, not even chatting about the, the atmosphere or the crowd. And, Sean, Jerry mentioned there, as we knew ourselves, one nil down, the goal coming from Mendes, um, was that goal goal avoidable to concede? Do you think? Oh, definitely avoidable. Hundred percent, it was. Uh, I think from the outset we were very nervous. I think I don't know why. We just seemed a wee bit jittery. Just we couldn't settle straight away. I think we I think it starts when we we give away an early corner. I think that's where the kind of the jitters just kick in a little bit. When we don't clear that first corner. Um, it lands to O'Sullivan and you'd expect him just to wrap his foot around the ball and clear it, just put it anywhere. But it's nearly like he has a Lego leg. It just goes straight up in the air and just fucking back out for a corner. Bit of a nightmare. And then it's from that resulting corner that the we clear that one out and the ball comes back in and Nando just makes a mess of it. Like and the last player you'd expect to be uncomposed in the box. But look, these things happen in football. It's 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 the response that matters, and as Jerry already says, we we settled straight back into it after that. You know, it was almost like we slip we flipped a switch, we just says no, that's enough of that mess, and just right bang, professional heads on, and you know, it was actually it was very impressive because 
away in Europe when you look at a record and there's a lot of players there from last year as well that would have been maybe thinking what happened in Iceland and just said, Jesus, you know, the nerves could have crept in even more. And with the big, big Sligo crowd as well and a credit tee, unfortunately I couldn't get over, but a credit tee that were over there because straight away there was no moaning because we could hear everything. There was no commentary in the game, so we could hear ye all <laughs> screaming and shouting. But straight away the Rovers fans were behind the team. And I think all in all, it's just everyone came together and we played our way out of it. By far, throughout the whole game, we were, we were miles ahead of them. Yeah, in every, in every aspect. Like your man Mendes, uh, I had a young fella with me at the game and I said, this Mendes fella looks pretty good, you know? But I said, guarantee you give him about 25, 30 minutes, he'd be wrecked. Yeah. And he was just jaded. You could see, he had all the flicks and tricks for the first 20 minutes. After that, he just wilted. Um. I found that with a lot of them, Jerry. Yeah. I know they're in pre-season. I, you have to give that to them as well, you know. It, they are in pre-season and they're a part-time outfit, so... Yeah. They they faded very quickly. They did, yeah. Um, it was very, very warm over there. So, for the two days that I was over there now, it was probably overcast for the entire two, four, two days. But for the game, about maybe an hour before the game, the sun came out and it was roasting. Right, okay. um, and it stayed really, really warm throughout the game. So normally for Irish teams, you'd be saying, oh, geez, you don't want to see the sun. But we were much fitter and stronger than we were able to deal with the, the heat more so than probably what they were. Um, so yeah, probably stood to us in, in, in the long run. And um, you could see we were fitter and stronger in every, every, every department. And we were clever as well throughout the game as well because we did we made the ball do an awful lot of the work as well. We weren't chasing lost causes or no. running around like lunatics. You know, we we kept it simple, done the right things. It was a very professional performance in Europe. Yeah. From a team that hasn't been in Europe that much lately. We yeah. did look like seasoned pros of, from, of European football. And that's, you know, by right, like we, it should have been a lot more than two. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, we had plenty of chances to add a third. I think everybody said that as well at the game that, you know, they should would have, should have cut it. We should, we, we really should have, have added a third. Um, but look, um, still a, a win is a win. Um, you know, obviously you would have taken that all day long um, before the game started. And realistically, you know, they have to score two to beat us now at the showgrounds. Uh, you know, they, they could get one and hold out for 120 minutes without us scoring to get penalties. But like when you look at it that way, Will they score two against us and we won't score any? I can't really see it. Something's gone horribly wrong if that if yeah. that happens. Yeah. It really has. You know, even I think, you know, a massive saving grace for them, not an opportunity for them, but a saving grace for them was Nando getting sent off. I think if Nando stays on the pitch, we go out, we push on and we get that third or fourth. Yeah, goal. We could have, I think we would have nicked the third. Definitely, you know, and I think if you if you nick a third, do they sit in or do they try and chase you and get a second, you know. It, it turns into a strange situation for them. Yeah. But it keeps so, keeps the keeps the Thursday night's game very interesting as well for everybody. Look, you know, like that could come back to bite us, come back to bite me in a way, and that it keeps the game interesting. Like but it's, you know, I suppose you're kind of looking forward to it with a nervous um optimism optimism, you know, but I still think we're gonna be way too strong for them. And I think yeah. by half time, hopefully we have it put to bed and we can you know, save a bit of energy for the upcoming games after that. But I suppose the mindset of the players needs to be, look, forget about UCD, forget about Motherwell, forget about everything else. Focus on the game, get in there, 
get the job done as quick as you can because we're more than capable. Yeah. No, but it does. It's, as you're saying there, Jerry, you know, it keeps it interesting for Thursday. It's great for the club because it keeps the interest in the public as well. But Because if we had gone and battered them three or four, one, the ticket sales would be even harder for Thursday, you know? Yeah. Because people will be just thinking, that's ah, a foregone conclusion. That won't be a game. It'll it'll just be a preseason friendly. Yeah, and it's it's looking like a sellout, which is fabulous. Um, can't remember the last time it was a sellout. Probably the Dundalk uh, Cup semi final. Yeah, probably the, the last one. And we we need it because realistically, our our attendances haven't been amazing this year in comparison no. to other league, other teams around the league. You know, for some reason we haven't got that buzz. I don't know what it is. Hopefully, we're turning that now. And you know, a good performance in Europe will will definitely lend to that. And then if you have a an upcoming fixture with Motherwell to look forward as well, there's a, there's an added buzz there. So look, all in all, going forward, it's it's looking good so far. But you know, there's plenty to talk about in that game yet. And going back to the game, lads, I suppose the uh, the two goals, the first goal, Aiden Keener's goal was uh, was came from a Colm Horgan, great assist from Colm and a great finish from Aiden. I suppose Sean, like Aidan Keane, he 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 has shown us so far this season that he can score every type of goal. Really, yeah, there doesn't seem to be anything he can't do, Ronan. It's 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 unreal for a for a striker. Like usually, you, you know, you might have a striker who's brilliant with their head, or one's an, he's an excellent finisher with his feet or that. But he genuinely brings everything to the to the table. Like that goal there the other night, he makes an absolute clown of the, of the centre half. He takes that one touch and he and he drags it back over, and he's, he sent the defender and the keeper to the shop. Neither of them know what's happening, so they're having just that lovely little dink finish. Then, but as you've already pointed out as well, just take nothing away from the assist from Colin Horgan because that was a pinpoint ball. It was beautiful. That lovely curl in behind the defender just takes him out of the game. Yeah, you can see straight, straight away. Keena pays. He's straight over to Horgan. You know to give him his respect for it. Very, very difficult ball to defend against. You kind of put it down the channel or between the, the centre forward and the and the, the centre back. But um, like he didn't really have any right to score that goal. He had a lot, an awful lot of work to do. And it was very clever the way he went about it. And again, like what we talked about last week, he had that composure. Um, another player wouldn't have given themselves, like he kind of gave himself a half a second again to steady himself to put the ball over the advancing keeper. So I think, look, it's all about composure for me with uh, Aiden Keane. Yeah, because Jerry, I think when you look at it there, when he takes that ball, when he flicks it back the way, I'd say most strikers, most players in general are maybe looking for a, a simple pass to someone maybe on the 18-yard line or maybe in, in the penalty area to give a cross. Not many are thinking, no, I'll take it. I'll, I'll drag it back with my right. No, I'll dink it with my left. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it, it's beautiful precision from him. Yeah. It's, it's it's unbelievable like his mindset in around the box is just it's crazy and as you say Jerry I everything seems to just slow down from inside the box yeah time it's just goes emotional. a little bit slower and it's sped up for the defenders by the looks of things yeah because yeah. he seems to have all the time in the world and they're panicking around him yeah and from the composure the delicate pass for the first goal as to the second goal Max Matt scoring that goal it was a bit less controlled, but it was a still every goal count. I said that to the fellow beside me at the match that every goal counts. And yeah, Max Masha scores again. Yeah, and he's, he's on a rich vein of form as well. And again, it was a typical striker's finish just in the right place at the right time. You know, um, 
when he's about five yards out, um, just uh, on, on the back post, or sorry, on the front post, and just he, he kind of scuffed it. But again, it doesn't matter whether it's a scuff or it's a bullet. You know, again, that comes down to instinct and 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 having that. It's very difficult to, to teach that as well. So uh, between the two of them, um, you know, I, I know actually a few months ago we referred to it there um, where, you know, we only one was playing, only one was in the team at a time. So if Mata was in, Keane was out and vice versa. And we were saying on this... And I'm sure everybody else was saying it as well. Is how do you get the two of them in? How do you fit the two of them into the first eleven? Because most most teams in the country don't have one of those. Don't have a Keener or a Matra. We've got two of them. How do you get the two of them into the team? And in fairness to John Russell, uh, he's got a system now where the two of them are in the team, and both of them are. You can see the link up play between the two of them is really really good. They almost don't even have to look where the other one is. It's just like again, it's coming back to instinct and. I think that will only get better and better and better as the more they play together. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of season left, so there's a lot of things we can achieve uh, if we if we keep these two lads in the team. And, you know, there'll be, there'll be nobody looking forward to playing us, including if we get beyond, beyond Bala. Um, I'm probably jumping ahead a bit now, but I watched a, a vlog on YouTube today. It's doing the rounds. There's some English guy kind of travels around football grounds and he does It's excellent. Yeah, it's really, really good, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, just two Motherwell fans on, and it was like kind of without even taking a, a breath when he asked them uh, about how they would do against us, and your man goes against this lot. Oh, we beat them. So, you know, we keep improving the way we are. There's no reason why we can't give these fellas a run for the money. Yeah. I and I know I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> no, but going, going back to that matter goal as well, you know, just to say on it, like it it is pure instinct because I don't think anyone's expecting the ball to even fall to him because it shouldn't. The ball shouldn't come near him. Like the two center halves jump up and they nearly headbutt each other trying to header the ball. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're playing at. Like it's it's a mess. But like it falls to Mata and it just it lands at his feet. So he has a split second to do something and he just tucks to the way bottom corner. Yeah. So you know, predatory finish again. And that's that's what we're all about. Once the ball's in the back and net, I couldn't get give a fuck if it flies off his arse as long as it's, it's going in. It's like what Ronan was saying there as well. Like we're scoring scoring all types of goals. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, a great thing to see, like um that we can score all types of different types of inside the box, outside the box, headers, whatever, you know. Well it, it makes it very hard to you know to judge us going forward then Jerry for opposition sides. Yeah. You know, that we just don't have one way of scoring goals. Like, it's just, I'll stop that route and that's it. They're out of the game. Because yeah. that's not the case for us. You know, we can swing balls into the box and Matt and Keane are both a threat. We can play through your centre halves. Two boys are both a threat. You know, we can come anyway. And you, you just don't know what way we're going to go. The two boys are that versatile and then what's around them plays into that as well. So, you know, we're, we're becoming a very, very good side. So it's just hopefully we can keep it going this way. And it's the final point, Jerry, I suppose, is the the atmosphere in the ground on Thursday. Sean mentioned there you could hear it on the stream. Just from your own point of view, you were at the game. Can you describe it to us, to us what it was like? Yeah. No, I just have to write that word down there because I didn't want to forget about it. Uh, how could you forget about it? Um, it was an absolutely incredible atmosphere. Um, 
like right from the first minute to the 94th minute, the place was absolutely bouncing. Um, every man, woman and child just were joining in, singing, uh, really, really enjoyable experience. And it's just, yeah, something that I'll never forget. It was absolutely fantastic. And just hopefully for, I suppose, Bala now on Thursday night that we recreate the same atmosphere and, and even through the through the league campaign and um, that everybody gets behind the team and it just shows you what can be achieved when, when we do. And it's great fun. At the bottom, at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's great fun. You know, people sometimes need to are a bit uptight and they're afraid, oh Jesus, if I start shouting, the neighbor there is going to start looking at me and fuck the neighbor. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to sing, sing. Like I think it's a great way of <laughs> for me de-stressing. I can get all the roaring shouting out at the showgrounds and I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. And that's what football should be about. Go and enjoy it. It's fun. Get behind your team. Let your hair down if you have any. And uh, that's what we done on Thursday and it was brilliant. Best atmosphere ever. As I said already, you're a huge credit to the club, every one of you. And like, I think that's came back in, in waves anyway with the messages that the club have even received from opposition fans and, you know, the people in around Wrexham and yeah. that where you are. Like, that's like to get those kind of reports back, it, it's a huge sense of pride for the whole club because yeah. it does put you out there on, on a positive scale. And people are seeing that online, you know, and there's people who look forward to like Rovers coming to their town now or anything. Yeah. You no, know, that's what you, that's the kind of, that's the persona you want to build up, isn't it? You know, as a club, you want people thinking about you in the right way. You don't want to be thinking, oh, here's these scumbags coming again, you know? You don't want to develop that kind of reputation. Right, lads, speaking of crowd and atmosphere, we received some shouts from the shed-in this week and uh, we can hear them now. This is Sean from America. What a week it's been. The uh, first leg away, start off kind of rough. Boys looked like they were a little bit nervous. And uh, slow start, went behind, but they hung in there, dug in, got the goals, controlled the game. And other than the, the mess up at the back, losing Nando for Thursday I think it went went pretty well we got the three points closed out the game got the win that really that's really all that matters going in the second leg 2-1 up uh, we're looking pretty good at this stage it's been uh, it's been a good run since uh, Russell took over and uh, hopefully it'll continue this uh Thursday coming up. Hopefully the boys are over there. A little bit of nervous energy. We'll get a, off to a faster start and uh, close out this round without any hiccups. Let's hope they can do it. I think they can. Um, they've been flying. So the biggest news of the week: Aiden Keno resigned for two and a half years huge it's a massive massive boost for the club and a real show of intent of what they're wanting to do and uh it's it's outstanding great to see 
Uh, we'll get a couple more signings, re-signings. That would be wonderful. Hopefully we can get Ed signed up for another couple more years and uh, keep this train rolling. Um, so it's been pretty good. The women, they got a buy into their next round. So that worked out pretty well. And uh, everything's just rolling along nice for the bitter red. So uh, hopefully it'll continue and uh, we'll move into the next round of Europe Thursday. Up the Rovers. Andrew Dodd, my shouts for the shed this week. Um, it's the morning after the night before and Sligo Rovers fans, you were absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, I couldn't travel over to the way again, but just to hear you from start to finish, you were so vocal. It was absolutely such so proud to be a Sligo Rovers fan last night watching that game. John Russell and Ryan Casey, what you've done since he came in is app is amazing. You've been allowed to implement what you've been coaching for months on the pitch now, and we're getting to see the results of that. And finally, the most important person I think of the whole lot to be mentioned is Liam Buckley. Without Liam Buckley, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. Without Liam Buckley, we mightn't have just a, just a lad from Falkirk with us, Aidan Keena, who was absolutely, he was a man in the match, he controlled that game yesterday. Max Mata held the ball up unbelievably, he mightn't have been with us, only for Liam Buckley. Nando Pinacker intercepted, although he did get sent off, he, he, he had to make that challenge. He intercepted every ball, didn't give them a sniff. And um, just so proud this morning to be a Sligo Rovers fan. Now let's go out and finish the job, lads. And finally get through around Europe and get push on now because we deserve it. We deserve it. Slide Rovers fans deserve it. Everyone involved with the club deserves it. Up the bit of red. That's your shouts from the shed end. Don't forget after the Bala game and after the UCD game, you can send in your shouts from the shed end. Just send a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767. That's 085-815-9767. Six seven. So, um, like uh, last week there in Wrexham, we had a bootlegger uh, that made a personal appearance in uh, the Hill Street Social uh, bar, and uh, geez, he got a great reception. So we've got a big announcement. So we've another uh, social media star that will be in Moonies before the game on Thursday night. So Sean from America is uh, coming to the town. So he'll be. Uh, there to take photos and selfies and sign autographs and all that. So he actually is coming over from. Um, uh, you'll actually see it's not America. one of us. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a real person. Bona fide. So if anybody's around, come into come into Moonies. Um, Jimmy's going to give me a free fine, free fine for this now. It'd be better. But uh, if you want to meet the real Sean from America, we had bootlegger last week. Now we've got Sean from America this week. Bring it on. Right, lads, we'll move on now to uh, the latest news. So I suppose, first of all, we'll go back to last week. The day before the game, I think it was a Wednesday afternoon, that the club announced that Killian Heaney had signed his first professional contract with the club. Uh, we had a discussion there about Killian there maybe two weeks ago, Jerry. It's good to see another academy prospect sign professional terms. Yeah, I, I really like uh, Killian. I think he's a brilliant player. Um, completely up top or... Uh, on the right wing and possibly even left. Um, so yeah, look, um, and he's the appetite as well. He's the appetite, the hunger, the, the attitude, everything, and the skill um, to to go far in the game. Um, and I'd be looking for. I think he's he's pretty close. I'd say to breaking into the first eleven as well. I'm surprised he hasn't actually got more game time, but 
like that too. I suppose that's me being kind of maybe a little bit greedy in that, you know, he wasn't really getting any game time under under Lane, whereas he's getting game time now under John, but he can't just throw him in, you know, uh, from a cold start. So I suppose he's just trying to build him up and get him kind of gradual game time. And then hopefully we see him breaking into the first 11. And I think he will, to be honest. He seems the type of player now that has his head screwed on. Um, he knows what he wants from football. He's not just there for the sake of it. He has he has ambitions in the game, and you know he's continually want to improve himself. And you can even see that he's clearly doing his gym work and building himself up because you can see his physique is getting bigger and better as well. So I think going forward, we're going to see a lot, an awful lot more for, from him. I think you know he's shown us in flashes what he can do. You know that Shams appearance he done really well when he came on against Strahada. Yeah. More often than not, he's he's impressed when he came on. Yeah, in the short period of time that he's played in the games as well, he's always contributed something really, really positive towards the game. Yeah. Um, so, and that's all you can do when you're only making cameo appearances. I like in any, any level of football, it's always difficult coming into a game uh, as a sub. Uh, it doesn't suit the majority of players, some players it does, but like, uh, I just think it's for the time that he spent on the pitch, he's contributed a hell of a lot. And um, I think that only you get better over time, and that's all you can do when you're getting your little chances is to make the most of it. He is doing that. Yeah, because you know, especially it's an influential position that he always comes into in terms of coming on as a winger. You know, you're always looked to create something, or you know, you have to make a positive impact on the game straight yeah. away, or people are writing you off. He's not at the games. If you look at the games that he's come on, uh, he's it's been games where we haven't been winning. Yeah. You know, like it's easy to bring a fella on when you're maybe winning two or three nil, but when it when you're chasing a game um, or you're trying to win a game, that's it's harder to make a positive contribution then than when it's when the game's opened up or you're winning two or three nil. You know, when a game is tight, he's been like a way to draw that. He done three or four things that were really really positive. Obviously against Shams and as well, he had the assist in a game that we're chasing. So it's much more difficult to come on in those type of situations and have that impact as opposed to when you're winning by a few. Yeah, and so it shows the maturity. A great endorsement of him. Yeah, and it shows the maturity within himself as well yeah. that he's got the mindset to come in and make that you know make the impact. He's not shy. Yeah. He's willing to get involved straight away. Like I'd say, he's not far away from knocking on John's door and asking why aren't they in the starting lineup. Yeah, you know, I think he's that type of character. You know, but in the right way, I don't think he's he'd be a. Tr- Troublemaker or any way, shape, or form, or gets stroppy because he's not playing or not. Just he wants to know, he wants to be involved. And I think, look, the the club giving him a long term deal. It's a great endorsement for for him as well, and it's a great show of confidence from the club. Yeah. They believe in him that he is going to make an impact. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, we can't just be giving people contracts for the sake of it. You have to make a contribution, and you have to have have to be something in you that they can see going forward like he's going to contribute over a long period of time and uh, yeah as you said Sean it's a huge endorsement of, of Killian and speaking of contracts lads we saw Aidan Keena has extended his stay he'll be here till at least 2024 Sean the right move on, on all counts ah unbelievable bit of business from the club and it's something I want to see more going forward from the club being proactive like this and you know, seeing that we have talent on our hands and nailing it down straight away. No messing about, just get it done. It benefits the club going forward in every way, even to the point where 
if a club came in at the end of the season over the Christmas break in the January transfer window in England and wanted to sign Aidan Keane, we're in a position of power for negotiations where it's not a case of shit, we're going to lose him on a free now, you know, if we didn't get him tied down in time, wait until the start of the season. You know, them days seem to be gone with the club. We're tying the main players down. Even the players from last year, there's a couple tied, tied in for two-year deals. So, like, with this one with Kena, like, they would have had to fight off an awful lot of interest. You know, you would have had all the top clubs in the league would have been looking at him, and I'm sure they were talking to him, you know, asking the question of, are you becoming available? And then you would have had clubs across the water because 12 goals in by July is no joke in the League of Ireland. Uh, that's nothing to be laughed at because you look at, look at the rave reviews Rory Gaffney's getting at the moment. He has six goals. You know, that's what we're talking about. Here. We're talking about, you know, Aidan King has played in the team that's lower down the table and he has 12 goals. You know, wouldn't have the same creative outlets that Gaffney's been fed every week. So... You know, and he's getting the he's getting plaudits all over the place. So Keane really needs to start getting the plaudits he deserves. And I think the main thing is the club have actually shown that they've given them the plaudits by offering him a new contract, two and a half year deal. We've shown the faith in him that we believe he he's going to be the top striker in the league for the next few years. And look, we want him playing in the better aid, and thankfully he thinks the same. So it's it's a huge bit of business by the club owner. I think it's worked well as well that. Um... He's playing every week and he's scoring every week. And I suppose as a striker, that's what they live in and breathe off his goals. Um, and, you know, we've seen before where strikers have left a club and gone to another club and it just doesn't click for them. So I think when it does click for you, you know, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side and keep doing what you're doing and don't jump because... You know, I suppose you could look at Mickey uh, Drennan. You know, he scored a few goals, went to his head, all of a sudden he was gone. You know, first fucking offer he got, like, how did that work out? And he's only one of many. Great example, though, Jerry. Do, do you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's a perfect funny. example. And you know what, actually, Jerry, that, that's actually a perfect, perfect comparison because in a way, with Drennan, we, the club gave him an opportunity to go and show his talents and show what he could do and score a few goals. And we've done the same with Keane. Yeah. Whereas we've given him that platform, you go and be the number nine and show what you can do. And he's done that. He's fed off the club. The club have fed off him. Drennan just was, he was out for number one and that was it. And look at that, he fell off the face of the earth. So it's actually a brilliant comparison. That. And how important it is it, lads, that teammates of Aidan Keane, they see that the club are willing to offer these type of terms if you put in the performances. Like we have Aiden Keane tied down now until 2024. And certainly the three of us here, we'd like to see more players tied down for long-term deals. But what do teammates, I suppose, would they be looking at it saying, well, if Aiden can get those terms, if I can put in my type of performance as well, I might get similar contract as well. Yeah, definitely. Because... Um... You know, if, I suppose if a player is performing on the pitch, the, the, the club wants to look after that player and, and vice versa. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably contract offers out there for extending and people are probably kind of thinking what to do and what not to do. So I'd say if you look over the last right, you have Killian, you've got um, Aiden, 
So that's only, I'd say that's only really the start, but I'm sure there are contract offers out there and you'll probably see more traction um, and more uh, people signing contracts hopefully soon in the future. Um, and like in fairness to Rovers, they do look after their players and they will reward them with contracts that they can afford. You know, um, we don't have, I know we say it a lot, but we don't have anybody behind us to to uh, to throw, just throw contracts at people. So, you know, but at the same time, if they earn it, we'll, We'll get we pull the money together to to make sure that they're looked after and and um, and I, I just one thing I again I'd say is the grass isn't always greener on the other side. How many players have we seen uh, you know disappear after leaving the likes of Rovers or or any other club and get sucked up by say the Shamrock Rovers Hoover machine that just wants to cherry pick the best players from each team around the league to make them stronger and everybody else weaker. But then the day they can only play eleven. So do you want to be, say, a right winger sitting on the bench with splinters up your arse or, or, and get 45 minutes here, there and everywhere or and think that you're part of uh, the Galacticos All-Stars machine up in Tala? Or do you want to actually play football and be looked after? Because at the end of the day, if you're a footballer, you want to play football ultimately. I know money is important too, but there's no point earning... Like, the money in the League of Ireland, you're never going to be set up for life if Sean Groves give you an extra £100 a week. It's not going to, you know, people say footballers, oh, it's a short career, it's a short career. But nobody's ever going to make enough money out of League of Ireland to set them up for life. So for me, you know, if it's the case of 50 quid a week or 100 quid a week, um, and I'm sitting on the bench in Tallow or I'm playing football in, in Sligo, I think I'd pick Sligo every day of the week. And with that too, you also, you have yourself in the shop window. Uh, if you're playing consistently, consistently and regularly, and you're going to become a better player. I know sometimes you say, oh, you become a better player by training with the likes of, I don't know, fucking whoever's at Shamrock Rovers, but that's sort of box. Who, who sees you playing on the training pitch? You want to be playing games. And I think Aidan Keane has made, definitely made the right decision, uh, just as an example, like where he said, right, do you know why I'm playing football? I'm scoring goals. Why change, why change that? Keep going. And, you know, someone from League One or Championship might come in for a year or two, and that's probably his best opportunity of making a living for setting himself up for the rest of his life. That's the best chance, in my opinion. You look at, say, like, say, Owen Doyle, as a case and example, Porrick Ammon, both left Shamrock Rovers come to Slide Rovers to make, and both have had an amazing career um, on the back of it. So I think Gaines made it. And I, I think players are becoming more aware of that. They're not just like, oh, I want to, you know, get white teeth and a tan up in talent and sit in the arse on the fucking bench. I want to play football. I have a chance. It's no, it is, and you're right, Jerry. And I think also on that as well, you know, for his teammates, it is it's a big positive for us that they're gonna see that that you know the leading scorer in the league, one of the leading talents in the league now is he's willing to commit his future to Slag Rovers. And it's a you know, they're gonna look at that and say, Yeah, well, why not? Why not me as well if if it's there for me? And it's also a huge endorsement of John Russell. Yeah, because it's also shown that Aidan Keane believes one hundred percent in what Russell's doing at this club. He believes in the project. He sees Russell's going to be here for the long term, so he's staying here as well. And I think that has to be taken on board by the fans as well. And another reason is why we have really got so lucky with John Russell as a manager. Yeah, like I think we have. It's very early days, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I, I genuinely do believe that we've struck gold with John. Yeah, I know more than Lane Buckley. Lane Buckley was the right man at the right time and the right yeah. fit for the club. Um, and I think, likewise, John is the right man, the right fit, the right club, everything. So 
Like I, I, to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure at the time. But the more I see and the more I hear and the more games uh, I go to, I do believe that it was a hundred percent the right choice. Hundred percent. And I think we're doing all, and I, I think we're doing all the right things. We're making ourselves the best uh, form of what we can be. And for any manager, that's all you can ask of them. You can't ask them to achieve unrealistic uh, goals or uh, miracles. But I think he will get the best out of what we have. And I think he'll probably, the players probably see that as well. And that they'll, you know, it's it'll build. And I don't think we're too far away from being, you know, from challenging for the title if you bring in maybe three, four like we were saying earlier on, Sean, three or four players, we're, we're not that far away. Even though, you know, Sean Rowers have multiple, and Derry have multiple times our budget. But sometimes when you have the right manager, you have a great core of players together, you can add three or four of them. All of a sudden, at the end of the day, some, you can only play 11 players at one time. Like, I know Sean's, their bench is as strong as what they have. But still, you still can only play 11 at a time. If you've got maybe 15, 16 excellent players and um, I think we're not far off that mm. 15 or 16 excellent players are just as good as having 22 excellent players Absolutely. whereas in fact you've probably got 7 that are really really pissed off out of the 22 whereas the 15 16 are getting consistent game time and sometimes you know people forget as well and I know the game has moved on and we, we say that all the time but like Leeds were won 30 years ago with 11 players and I know it's moved on hugely. You do need a squad. You don't need too big a squad. But Jerry, a league was won in 2012 with a tiny squad. Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago, it's not that long. You know, and you look at that squad even in 2012 that won the league for us, like the unity in that team. Yeah. And not saying we're going to win the league or anything, but I, I kind of get that same vibe off this squad of players. They seem like a very close-knit bunch. They seem to all get on great. They all... You know, it doesn't seem to be little factions like we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, they all sit, they all move in the same circle, and that that's a real big thing for a football club as well because the last thing you need is negative vibes in around the place from different from different quarters of little f- factions breaking off here and there. Um, so, you know, the the way it's going at the moment, I think it's it's all it's all positive. Thank God yeah. for a change. It's all positive, and you know, Aiden Keane is signing that contract. Even the reaction online. Like the buzz that went around the fans when he signed, like it was, that was brilliant to see. Yeah, I'm sure even for him as well. Like he'd be taken back by that. I was like Jesus, <laughs> no, he's loved already. Like he's only here a few months. He's loved. Yeah, and why not? He's a top quality footballer. Like, yeah, and he he, he seems like a really good lad as well. You know, um, and as you said, Sean, like there's no dickheads in the group. They all seem normal lads, uh, happy out, happy with their football, and that's all you want. Ha- happy drinking coffee in Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything to be out of the place. <laughs> from what we have now, lads, from what we could have, the uh, annual draw was launched a few days ago. Jerry, how important it is it that the club get the much needed funds in so they can progress with the, the master plan? Yeah, um, look, it, it, as it's been said on online, and that it's probably the most important annual draw ever. Um, and it's great that. Uh, that we can that the club can um, ring fence the money for the the stadium development, and that's a massive uh, commitment from from Rovers because normally 
that money will be used to uh, obviously pay wages or pay bills or whatever the case may be. So it's great to be in a position where if you put 10 euro into the, the annual draw, your 10 euro is going towards the stadium. So every 10 euro you put in will go towards building a new stadium. That's a fact. It's ring fence. So for me, I, I love, I love like say, I'd love to be a bit of a groundhopper if I had more time. I'm really interested in stadiums and all that sort of and infrastructure and all that. And, um, you know, for me, that 10 euro is, is, it's going to be, it's going to go to a lasting legacy. And, you know, Sligo needs a, a football stadium. Like, Jesus Christ, if any club deserves to have a proper stadium, it's, it's us. Um, we're probably only one or two clubs now in the Premier Division that own our own ground, all the rest are council funded or whatever the case may be. So, you know, uh, it's great to own it um, and hopefully the government's come on board with us. And I think the will, to be honest with you, I think the will is there to 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 push on. So it's just to get us to get that maybe to hit the hundred thousand target for 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 the for the ground to get us to the next stage. And once you get through that stage, then everything opens up. But we need to get to that stage. And Sean, the jury mentioned there the next stage and looking at the master plan itself, it looks very promising. I suppose the, the word legacy comes into it. How important is it that there's an attractive ground and attractive facilities there for to encourage more supporters to come into the ground? Well, it's huge. It's, it's uh, be monumental for the club if we get to where we want to be. Um, I think we're already, you know, we were talking about attendances not being where we want them to be earlier on. And I think if you put a, a proper stadium in front of people in the town, it already attracts them in because, unfortunately, the Irish game is completely dominated by the English game. The majority of fans will, will look to England and they look to those fancy stadiums. You know, they're all state-of-the-art, absolutely outstanding, beautiful stadiums to look at. But if you're offering up Obviously, it's not going to be in the same capacity lines, but if you're offering up a modern, you know, elegant stadium in front of you in your hometown, it'll entice you to go through through that gate a little bit easier, you know, and the quality of football will automatically be better because we'll have better playing surfaces and everything. So, you know, it all lends to, it's the package you're trying to sell to prospective supporters that you can offer when you come through the gates, you know, your child is going to be happy, there's proper shops and sweets, you know, all this crack. There's a bar for you to go to. You can have a pint. You know, your hospitality sections are all set up. All this lens, like football has turned into, even as we go back to, it's an experience now. It's gone from the days of the Sunday afternoon where you had a couple of pints in the pub beforehand and out on the stand on the terraces and back home again, where it was just, you know, it's fucking, sounds Stone Age, but it was just a man's game. Yeah. But it's gone from that now. Like football is very family orientated now. You know, like more often than not, you walk through the, the gates of the showgrounds and you'll see so many men with their wives and kids. They're all coming in and they're all trying to get a, get a feel for this game. You know, this match day experience that they can get. And Rovers, look, they try their best to give the best possible match day experience, but we're limited into what we can do at the moment. But if we get this stadium off the ground and we get this up and running, we can offer so much more and give proper family days out in the ground. And when you can offer that, sky's the limit. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, you're completely right there, Sean, that it is, it's a package. 
and it is more family orientated than that. But I think we actually on the pitch, we I think the standard is really really good on the pitch, but the backdrop just takes away from it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I completely agree. And I, sorry, I'm not trying to take away from where we are on the pitch at the moment either. Yeah, that, no, I know. I think, I think we're at a good standard as it is. Yeah. Yeah, like I watched, um, in fairness, I watched uh, Drada and Dundalk on LOI TV there on Friday night. Uh, just to use another club as, as an example, rather than kind of just using ourselves as the example all the time. But the game was, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant. But the backdrop was just yeah. horrendous. Horrendous. You wouldn't see it in a third world country. Like, it was so, so bad. And if you if you put that draw the Dundalk game on and say and fill and put them in a Spurs uh, kit against Man United in the Spurs stadium and it was full house, you know it, it was fantastic. It's just the backdrop. It's so so letting us down so much, and we need kind of you know for the game to develop. Uh, on you know as a whole, we we need better stadium, better facilities uh, to show what we do have and that's just not there at the moment but I'll just go back to the point in that like you know if we can get this 100,000 it gets us to the new stage and that what that stage is is that you can apply for funding because you're you know you'll have your plan in and all in that and you'll be shovel ready until you get to that stage until you get to that 100,000 mark which will pay for the planning etc and all that and get you to the shovel ready stage you can't really you can't apply for a grant you can apply for it, but you won't get them. They won't entertain you. So if we can get to the hundred thousand mark, we're 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 you know we're over the worst. It's it's the, the you know the the money is there in government. You see it every day of the week. You're spending money on crazy shit, right? This is this is you know there's an election coming up in two years' time. This this will happen, but we just if so you know your tenor this year. It's always mostly greatly appreciated, I'm sure, by the club. But this year, when you give your tenor, or if you if you can take a book, I've got books. Um, so if anybody's looking for a book, just give me a shout online or give me a text or a ring. But your money is tangible, really, really tangible. It's going to leave a legacy. So if everybody can pull together, like we made 80, pulled in 80,000 last year during a pandemic, I think we can really, really pass it out and... But the amount of books that were that were given out last year was phenomenal. The amount of the reaction was brilliant. And I think we can just really grow it on and it will leave a legacy. It is tangible and we're nearly there. So, you know, to the next stage. Don't forget, we have a case of the White Hag clan box to give away for the Ballot Town home game and the UCD home game also on Sunday, which is on Sunday. Um, don't just... A post will go up on Thursday morning, probably for the Ballotown game, and on Sunday morning for the UCD game. All you have to do is reply to the tweet or the Facebook post. Just tag, put in your predicted score, and use the hashtag #BeerScoreCast, and you can tag the White Hag and tag the Trust, and we will see if you can win the beer. Now, looking ahead, lads, to the second leg against Ballotown, Jerry two went up from the second leg. Surely, surely, this can't go wrong. No, um, I don't think it will run. To be to be honest with you, I think um, I think we just go back. To, I think we just go out and play our, our normal game, and you know, I think ability wise we're better than them. Fitness wise we're stronger than them. Uh, tactically, I think we're better than them. Uh, 
You've got top, league's top school scorer. You've got the two best strikers in the league, in my opinion. And um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, normally, I'd be kind of wary going into games. But oh, Jesus, maybe it's the wrong thing, but um, I, I, I can't see us not winning. But at the end of the day, the players have to focus on the game in hand and go out and treat it the same as just treat it the same as any other game. And maybe for the first five, 10 minutes against Ballot, we didn't treat it as a normal game. We kind of treated it as a European game and kind of kind of lost our concentration a little bit. Just go out and treat it as a normal game and I think we're we're straight to hell. It's a case I think you know where um even John now will have got a better look at them. Having played them, so he's yeah. gonna know a little bit more about them tactically again. He can change a couple of things, not not in personnel or anything like that, but just little tweaks within the game himself. And you know, I like that, I just think it's a case we just go out and play our normal game at home. The place will be bouncing. I don't think there's any reason we should mess this up. You know, and if if we do, it's just going to be down. It'll be down to ourselves. It won't be that they've outplayed us or anything like that. It'll, I think it'll come from mistakes from ourselves if if we were to mess it up. So I, th- I think all in all, we should go through. We're expected to go through. I think it's time to take a little bit of responsibility you now and just and finish off the job. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's up to us. Take a bit of responsibility. Just go win the game or kill the game. Whatever you need to do to get through, just do it. And I think the first game will stand to us. And if we, if it so happens that we do get through, I think we'll have played two games going into Motherwell, two European games, and that will really, really stand to us if we get through to that against Motherwell. Um, I know they've been on a week's training camp in, in uh, Austria and things like that, and they've according to Graham Alexander the manager you know put in a lot of work and there's work working a lot of detail but I don't give a flying fuck if you're not playing competitive games you know it does take time to to settle no um, comparison no comparison no comparison so we'll have half a season under our belt plus two European games you know please God we get through uh, I can't see us not getting through and I know we shouldn't be talking about it but fuck it it's hard not to yeah, well it is you know when that carrot's dangled in front of you Jerry you know it's it's hard to stay away from it. Yeah. You know, and you, and you look at it, especially when, because like, even I heard the likes of, you know, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald talking about it on the LOI podcast. Like, you know, and that's how they described it as well, is when you dangle that carrot in front of a club like us, it's, you know, it's hard not to look at it and hard not to get tempted by it. Because when you look at Motherwell, they're not in a good state. As a club, they're not in a good state, playing-wise and financially. And, you know, they're not, they're not where they want to be. They've gone into this preseason on, on rocky roads and they fell over the line to get into Europe as it was last season. They had a really bad run of results. So, you know, there's an opportunity there for us. I'm not saying we'll go through. It's a, it's a, it's a free hit completely for us if we do go through. Absolutely, yeah. And look, to be honest with you, they'll be walking into the pitch with their balls in the wheelbarrow. They'll think that they're, you know, the big, the big yeah. balls, right? Whereas, she says, Sean, it's a free hit. You know, so catch them out. But look, obviously, look, we'll deal with what's in front of us first on Thursday. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop I, all that talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about fellas with balls in the wheelbarrow. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't even played the game on Thursday and we're already in Motherwell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but genuinely, I look, I think we should be fine on Thursday. And it's, look, it is so important that if, <sighs> by some madness that we even went to go behind, the crowd do not turn on them. 
that we don't get itchy, we face, and we don't do anything like that. Just stay behind the team is the most important thing. And like that again, we'll play our, we'll play our way out of it. And you know, I I I think if I'm being honest, I think comfortably we win two 0 I I would tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we'd be a couple of goals to go. To be honest. And is there any? Would you predict any changes to the starting lineup from the previous game? I suppose Nando won't be available, but who fits in at centre half? Gary Buckley for me all day anyway. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, he's the he's the obvious replacement. Um, and I haven't said that. Look, hopefully he's fighting fit. Uh, I'm sure he is. But even if he wasn't, um, I'd have no um, I'd have no proper proper. I think um, Banks would do a great job there. You know, he's he's he came on the last day there and done really well up in Drada. I thought he was unbelievable. So it's great to have that in your your makeup as well that he can play anyway, any place across the back four or even in the field. But I think he could come in Fernando no problem and do a, a really really good job. So, uh, but obviously, hopefully Gary is is fighting fit now at this stage, as you say. It's something actually just, you know, when you touched on Banks there, Jerry, and just thinking of it here in my head, it's something that's flown under the radar with him, isn't it? How versatile he is. Yeah. When you think like his first season with the club, he played left back and he was he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And, you know, he's been unbelievable at right back. And then he stepped in and sent him midfield a couple of games and he's played really well in that holding role. Yeah. And now he's he can do a job in a centre half and a really good job as well at that. He reads the game really well at centre half, like... Very, very versatile player. Look, I suppose you don't be Stoke under twenty, Stoke City under twenty three captain for nothing. Yeah, you know so. And that's when they were a Premier League club. Yeah. So, so but I, th- I think the other one though that there might be a question over, I think is Fitzgerald is. Yeah. He's carrying a knock. That's a, that's a big one to fill because, like, left midfield is something we're not exactly stockpiling on. Yeah, it's probably the. The position that we're the least cover in, because yeah. even Frank, you know, uh, he, he's right midfield, isn't he? Yeah, right. Central. Yeah. I'm sure he probably could slot in this left, or if maybe got Killian, or you know, Mark Burn. Maybe a huge opportunity for Mark Burn to show his quality again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was actually I was sitting outside the dressing rooms when they were coming out. He, he was hobbling a bit, so. Um, but he, he was walking, put it that way. But maybe nice. it might be a case of where they might want to risk him. Yeah, but so we'll see. Up. You never know. You see, that's the other side of it as well. You know, like John won't just put all his eggs in one basket on this game because he will have an eye on UCD as well. Because look, that league is still wide open for for third place. Oh, look, sure, it's a massive game. Um, uh, like it's kind of getting untalked about. Um, yeah. from a fan's point of view which again is you know look it's the European uh, Europa Conference League like so it's you know UCD kind of you wouldn't blame people for forgetting about it but it's look it's three points it's three points um, and I think it'll put us back into fourth place if, mm. depending on results and so yeah it's massive and hopefully people turn out for the Sunday game as well off the back of the, the Thursday game they don't just We've yeah. 4,000 on Thursday and 2,000 on Sunday. It's important that you try and get as many games as you possibly can. to. But it goes back to what you were saying, though, Jerry, is building that momentum. Yeah. You have a real opportunity to, 
you know, to grab those people in the gates and keep them there. Yeah. Because you have this, you know, you could have a win on Thursday night, great chance of a win then on Sunday. Sunday, yes. great day as well to have a game. You know, there's no GEA on or nothing like that this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's available on the Sunday. So, you know, you should have a good crowd in there as well. And then you're going into the Motherwell games. So, you know, again, it's a, it's a massive opportunity, but it is something we can't overlook because we haven't beaten UCD this season. Yeah. So it's another one John's going to be looking at. Like, you've seen how he was taking the Shells game. He was determined to turn that round. Yeah. So, like, he's not going to take this lightly. And, look, we should, be, we should finally be pushing them aside. You know, they're without Carrigan now as well. Their main player, he's gone. So, yeah. You know, that's that's their major track gone. We should be disposing of the lad up front as well. Um it wasn't their second game, but he scored against us in the first game, uh, the centre forward. Oh Whelan. Whelan. Is he gone? Well he's injured, he's out for the season. Oh geez, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their two best players are gone. So yeah, we should be we should be uh, at, at this point now trying to pick up the three points. Yeah. Where we're expected to pick them up as well, especially at home to the likes of UCD, that's yeah, that should be a banker. Yeah. Right, lads, thanks very much for joining me this week. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks a million, Ronan. And thank you, Sean. Thanks a million, lads. That concludes episode 68 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Don't forget your, to get your beer scorecast in ahead of the Ballatown home game and the UCD game on Sunday. But until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. One more. It's brilliant!